Hello and welcome back to the Speak Up Sports podcast. I'm Anna Lively, 16-year-old host and writer for Sports Illustrated Kids and MLB.com. I can't believe we are already over halfway through Season 3. Thank you all for listening and please continue to share this podcast with other sports fans out there. I'm so excited for you all to hear this week's episode. I am joined with one of the trailblazing females in sports and someone I look up to, Marlins General Manager, Kim Ang. She made history when she was hired during the MLB offseason in November of 2020 as the first woman to ever become the general manager of a major North American men's professional sports team. Today, we'll be talking about her journey in baseball's front office, her historic hiring, her goals for this season, advice for young girls, and much more. I can't wait for you all to hear this episode. So, here we go. Well, welcome back to the Speak Up Sports Podcast. I'm Anna Lively, and I am so excited for you all to hear this episode because I am joined with one of my role models and one of the biggest female trailblazers in the sports industry, uh, Marlins general manager, Kim Ang. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Anna. So happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. So I want to start at the beginning for you as a softball player at the University of Chicago. Did you always know that you wanted to go into the professional sports world for your career? No, not at all. Um, I wasn't really sure what opportunities existed, um, but you may have, you may know, or you may have read um, that I did my senior thesis on Title IX, um, which is a federal law saying a, an institution that receives federal funding cannot discriminate on the basis of sex. Um, and so it was through my research where I really started to think about sports. Yeah, I loved sports. I played. Um, softball in college, and I played, you know, all kinds of sports as a kid. Um, but it was having done a lot of that research for my paper, where I started to think about could I really make a career of uh, being in sports. And so that's when I really started to research um, different opportunities. And um, after months and months, I was able to get a an internship with the Chicago White Sox. That's so cool. And I'm so glad that you were able to do that with the Title IX since that made such a big impact in the professional sports world for females and gave them the opportunity. So after you did do that internship with the White Sox in 1990, uh, when did you know that you wanted to have a career in baseball's front office? Uh, I think as I think as soon as day one of my internship. <laughs> um, no, I think I grew up a big baseball fan as a kid. Um, so, uh, you know, having having started with the White Sox and being a part of you know a front office like that um, was a big deal. Um, so I would say from day one was when I got hooked. That's awesome. And you became the first woman and youngest person to present a salary arbitration case. And you were hired at only 29 years old as the Yankees assistant general manager. What gave you the courage to pave your own path? And what was it like getting to work for the team that you had grown up rooting for? Oh, well, you know, it's, 
it's just so funny. A lot of people say, was that a dream come true? But again, you know, I hadn't really thought about a job in sports or, you know, job working for the Yankees. So I can't honestly say it was a, a dream come true. Um, but, you know, having grown up with, you know, figures like um, Lou Pinella, Thurman Munson, Craig Nettles, uh, Don Mattingly, and then, and then, you know, meeting some of these guys, you know, as, as the assistant GM, um, you know, was, was, was just incredible, um, you know, and to, to, to work for Mr. Steinbrenner, you know, Brian Cashman, um, to work with um, figures like Gene Michael, um, you know, it was just, it was absolutely incredible. Um, and to, you know, to start as the assistant GM for probably, um, you know, if not the most, one of the most storied franchises in all of professional sports, um, you know, it, it, it just doesn't get much better than that. Um, you know, and, and my time there was incredible as well. Just having won, we won three out of four years. We won the World Series three out of four years. That's so crazy. Actually, I, it's absolutely crazy. It was insane. And when you think about, you know, teams, you know, how often it happens where you win three se World Series in a row, three consecutive, that just doesn't happen anymore, right? So to to be the assistant GM of that, that particular um, team in that, during that time was just phenomenal. Yeah, that must have been incredible. And so obvious that you made such a profound impact because you won the title so many years um, in a short amount of time. So after winning three World Series at the Yankees, what would you say you enjoyed most about working in baseball's front office that uh, caused you to want to continue down that road? I think every day, you know, just every day being around a professional sports team, um, you know, the wins and the losses. And when I was with the Yankees, it was, you know, a lot of, a lot of wins. Um, you know, that, that was always appealing for my personality. Um, and then I think the idea of helping to build something, you know, and building something that is so meaningful to a lot of people, you know, and a lot of kids. And, you know, people just live and die with, you know, their sports team. So um, the idea of being a part of that, um, you know, my experience as an athlete growing up uh, and now to be around professional athletes and to see the commitment and uh, the trials and the tribulations and the adversity that these, that these guys go through on a daily basis, um, you know, it, it, it was just, um, you know, that, that part was probably a dream come true you know, to be around that caliber of an athlete and, and call it your job. It's not really a job, right? Right. Getting to do what you love every day, I bet is an awesome thing to do. And you worked as a senior vice president of, of baseball operations for MLB for many years. What, what mm -hmm. made you want to interview again for the general manager position for baseball's uh, different teams? You know, I think, you know, my, my love of the game, my love of being with a team never subsided, even though I was with the commissioner's office. 
Um, I went to the commissioner's office for very specific reasons. Um, you know, and and my experience there was great, uh, but but my love for being with the team never really subsided. So uh, I interviewed a good number of times, even you know, a good number of times throughout my years with the commissioner's office. You know, it wasn't just this one time with the Marlins. Um, I would say it was you know, a good handful of times, uh, but was finally able to to get the Marlins job. So uh, I think, you know, when you're with a team, you really, you, you know, you feel like you're part of the game. Um, you know, the commissioner's office, you definitely are part of the game, but from a little bit, um, you know, more distant, in a more distant way, right? Because you don't have, you know, you're not living and dying with, with each win and loss. Um, you know, and, and you have to be neutral when you're with the commissioner's office, right? Because all 30 of those clubs are yours. Um, you're not tied to one specific club. So I, I do think, um, you know, I just, I just missed being back with a club. Well, I love that you found that love again to want to go back into being with a specific team. And speaking of the day that you got hired, I know that was such an incredible day. Um, I can't imagine for you, but for me and just seeing a role model like you making a difference. And after you worked so hard in the MLB for three decades, you you became the first woman like ever to be the general manager for like a major North American professional men's sports team. Can Can you take me back to that day of when you got the phone call when you heard the news and then you heard the outpour of support from other people? Yeah, so I actually found out on Friday um, when Derek Jeter called me, uh, my now boss, uh, and he, he you know, I, I started talking and I, you know, I was about to, um, you know, really just put my best foot forward and tell him why I was the person for the job. And I started to go into it and you know, and I wasn't, I wasn't letting him, him talk. <laughs> and I was barely taking a breath myself, um, you know, but after five minutes, he just said, hey, hey, he said, look, because I want you to be my next general manager. And I think it was at that moment, um, at that second, where I felt this rush of the last, you know, however many years, just, you know, come up and, and, you know, it was it was it was at that moment that I realized what had been accomplished, right? I don't usually think about it. I don't think about it every day. I don't. I probably don't even think about it once a week because, you know, as I go through my days and my weeks, I mean, I'm just Kim Ang. Yeah, you know, I'm the same Kim Ang. I do my job and I try and do it the best I can. Um, and I, I, I don't really stop to think about the historical significance, but I do think at that moment, um, it did really overwhelm me. Um, so that was a pretty cool, pretty cool experience. And then um, the day of the press conference, um, it was, you know, it was, it was, it was fun to, to have this announced publicly. Um, but I think what was, 
you know, again, another overwhelming, uh, it wasn't just a moment, it was, it was quite a while, it was um, after it was announced, just, just getting so many hundreds of texts and phone calls from people I had encountered throughout my career. Um, and knowing that, you know, because it's not something that you really talk about, right, with your friends or your colleagues or, um, you know, people you come across. But I think um, you just now knowing um, how much they actually supported me um, and still do and were genuinely happy that something of this magnitude, not, not just happened to me, but, but I think happened in general, you know, happened for, for history. Um, and I think that was, um, that was really significant for, for me and for my husband, because my husband had seen me, you know, work all these years and, and, you know, know, you know, a lot of things that I had gone through, um, but to see it all come, you know, come to fruition and, and uh, you know, be a part of that, that day was, was special. Yes, it just makes me smile, like just hearing about it for you, because you worked so hard for so many years to finally be recognized. And it made, you know, such an impact, not only in baseball, but it was breaking for all women's sports, because you're paving the way to, to show that females can do those jobs, because not because they're just a female, but because they're talented and know their things and are talented enough to do that job. And so now that you've had a year as the Marlins general manager, what are some of your things that you learned throughout that year? And what are some of your favorite parts from that first season? Well, um, so the year was, the year was productive. Um, I think it was, uh, you know, it was important for me to get to know, you know, my staff, um, to get to know the players, um, understand what our strengths and weaknesses are, you know, and, and you know, I, I have a very good staff, uh, you know, they, they've helped me all along, uh, helped me quite a bit in the beginning, but I think until you actually um, see the players for yourself, um, and see how they respond in certain situations, you know, at certain times, um, you don't really know, right, until you see it. And so I think all of that was really instructive information for me in terms of you know, trying to figure out what we do for the long term. Um, so, so I think that was, was huge. Um, you know, and, and I also took this year to get to know our minor league system a lot better. Um, yeah, I still don't know. I still haven't been able to shake everybody's hand um, yet. Uh, you know, it was it was difficult during COVID. I will say that um, getting to know people. You know, in the first you know, six seven months of my my um, my tenure here, you know, we were all still wearing masks. So that was that was difficult. Um, you know, our spring training was was altered. Um, we didn't have minor leaguers around. I couldn't just go to the backfields and and watch anytime I wanted. So that was difficult. Um, but but um, yeah, I still I still got to to know some of them throughout the year. So I do think that this spring training will be different. 
Um, I think it will be a lot easier. I know that COVID is still out there, but um, you know, with vaccinations now and boosters, it's been it's been a lot easier to 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 gel with the staff. Yes. Well, hopefully, COVID continues to improve, and like you talked about, have more of a normal type of season for 2022. And speaking of 2022, what would you say your goals are and the Marlins goals are for the organization um, for the 2022 season? You know, I would say that, you know, we are, we are committed to getting to the playoffs. Um, I think if you look at our, our young pitching, um, you know, you'll see that we have some really significant you know, great young arms uh, on our team. You, know, you have Sandy Alcantara, uh, Pablo Lopez, uh, Trevor Rogers, who came in second in the Rookie of the Year voting this year for the National League. Um, we have Iliaiza Hernandez. We have Sixto Sanchez coming back from injury. Um, Edward Cabrera. So we have great young arms, um, and you know we're hoping that. You know, these guys really step up um, this year. We saw Alcantara do it um, this past year. And as a result, we gave them um, a five-year deal uh, this, this past, I would say, off-season. Um, but we're really looking and, and hoping that we get to the playoffs this year. Um, we've made some, you know, some key additions, I think, um, between Jacob Stallings, uh, our catcher, uh, Joey Wendell, um, you know, he played third base for the Tampa Bay Rays last year. And then we also added Avi Garcia, uh, who hit nearly 30 home runs last year. So we're hoping to add one more bat and, um, you know, hopefully it's a center fielder. Not sure how this is going to go. You know, once, once we get back to talking to free agents and teams, um, but, you know, hoping that we get back to the playoffs that, you know, I think, you know, all these guys got a taste of it in 2020 um, when we made it uh, for the, you know, during the shortened season. Um, but, you know, it was, it was great because they got a taste for it um, first time in a long time. And I think everybody is now hungry. Yes. I love that goal. And you just talked about a lot of the stars there with all the pitchers and some of the new additions as well and other infielders, including like Jesus Aguilar and Jazz, the bringing all the energy to the team. So I can't wait to watch the Marlins compete this season. And you are a role model, not only to me, but to all young females hoping to work in the sports world one day. What are some pieces of advice that you would give to them as women continue to try and break into the sports industry? Sure. For, you know, for girls, young women, I would say, look, this is a, this is a tough business and persistence has served me well. Um, you know, I, I use that in, in my quote, you know, in the, in the press release that we sent out about my hiring is that, you know, I've had to have a doggedness, um, you know, throughout my career. And I would say that, you know, that is certainly one of the things that, you know, if you really want to be involved in professional sports, you have to have. Um, this is a, an industry that many, many people want to be a part of. 
um, there are only so many positions, particularly on the operations side, um, that are available. Um, they're unique. They're special. Um, they're they're there's a limited number. They're hard to get. And so, if you're really interested um, in being in professional sports, um, you just have to be so incredibly determined. Um, another attribute I think is you need to have some thick skin. You know, I think sports is one of those industries where hierarchy is paramount. And, um, you know, you do, you start from the bottom up and they, they, you know, people make sure that you understand you're at the bottom and you're working your way up. Um, so I would say uh, being thick skinned and, and knowing, um, you know, where you are in that universe. Um, and, you know, I think you just have to be incredibly prepared as well. You have to be thorough, you have to be prepared. And, you know, I don't, I don't want to um, sugarcoat it. You know, you, you're going to have to work 110%, um, you know, throughout. And you have to bring it each and every day. You have to bring it. So I would say those are the top three. Yes, I love those. I wrote those down. Perseverance, determination, be prepared, have that thick skin. And thank you for being that role model that we can look up to and strive to, you know, have those attributes and qualities to get us to that next level in, in the sports industry. Okay, you're welcome. You're so welcome. what I always love to do with my guests is what I call my favorite five questions to finish off my interview. And so first off, what would you say your favorite memory has been throughout your career and why? Oh, my favorite memory. Um, <clears throat> I would say winning the World Series for the first time um, in 1998. Uh, that was my first year with the Yankees, and it was really an incredibly special year. We won 114 regular season games and 125 during the entire year, uh, including the postseason. Swept the World Series, um, you know, won four, four zip uh, against the Padres, um, but. You know, that team was incredibly special because they were absolutely relentless. They were relentless. And when I say, you know, one of the attributes that you have to have in baseball is you have to bring it every day. That was exactly that team. And the other, the other fun part about that team was that um, it, it truly was a team. It was, it was the sum of the parts. Not, not one guy hit 30 home runs on that club, but they managed to score over 900 runs. And when you think about, um, when you think about that, and when you look back at teams in history, that alone, that very fact, that's incredible. So that's, that was my favorite moment. That's, that's crazy. Such a successful season, your very first time with the Yankees. And now you have three World Series rings. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So what would you say your favorite school subject was and why? You know, I loved math. Um, I loved math because there was always a right answer and a wrong answer. <laughs> and so, you know, that, that fits more or less my personality. You know, I'm, um, you know, a lot of things are pretty clear cut for me. Um, and, 
uh, and I loved, you know, I loved solving problems. I loved solving problems and using my brain in that way. So math for sure. That's awesome. And what I really enjoy asking is what would you tell the younger version of Kim Ang? Well, I have talked to my younger self before. Um, and what, uh, you know, and I've been asked this question before. Um, I think, you know, my younger self, I was not as eager to get in front of people and talk about um, myself because that's not really my personality. Um, but uh, what I what I know now and, and what I what I've come to know as you know as I've gotten older is that it wasn't about talking about me. It was about talking about the idea of me. You know, and that was, you know, a young woman in, um, you know, in a predominantly male, uh, male field. And it was about making sure that people saw me um, because once people saw me, um, it wasn't such a novelty. And, and young girls and young women could then you know, imagine for themselves that this was a possibility that they could work for a professional baseball team. Well, that's awesome. And another fun one is if you had like during the off season and, and you could plan your ideal day, how do you think you would spend it? I'd spend it. So I love to go, I, I love to be on the water, you know, on the ocean. So I'd probably go to the beach and do a little fishing. Um, maybe have a picnic and then watch the sunset. Sounds like a fun day to me. <laughs> and last but certainly not least, if your colleagues describe you in one word, what do you think it would be and why? Um, <laughs> they would probably describe me as determined. Um, and, you know, I, I think they know me well enough now that they, they Sometimes there's just a, that look in my eye, um, you know, that I'm going to get something done. Um, and, you know, I will do everything in my power um, and, you know, coordinate and enlist and um, talk about, you know, whatever it is I need to to get something done. Um, but, but, yeah, um, family, I think that's what family and friends would say. That's awesome. And I just want to thank you again so much for coming on the podcast today. It was a pleasure getting to hear about your journey. And I know, speaking for myself, uh, just thank you for being such a great role model and, you know, doing the things that have never been done before, but paving that path. And I hope to visit the Marlin Stadium soon and talk to you again. Okay, Anna. Well, no problem. And I enjoyed being here and, and um, you know, talking to your fans. <laughs> Thank you.